Hey, I'm Emily Duncan Wilson, and I'm the producer of Classical Sprouts. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please donate to help Sprouts continue to grow. Go to classicalsprouts.org slash donate. Thanks. Barley Italiano, do you speak Italian? Well, if not, don't worry about it. You'll be able to follow an entire opera in Italian with a story you almost certainly know. Ciao, everybody. Get ready for a fun fairy tale on this episode of... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. Today we're going to the opera with Italian composer Giacchino Rossini and La Cenerentola, his version of one of the oldest fairy tales ever told, Cinderella. And I'll tell you a little secret. It's my favorite opera in the whole world. And we'll find out why in this episode. But first, a little Quizlet question. You ready? As I said, Cinderella is an ancient story, and it's been told all over the world. According to the earliest known version of Cinderella, what kind of shoe did she lose? What was the earliest known kind of shoe lost by Cinderella? We'll have a hint coming up for you later in the show. In 1817, Rossini premiered his version of Cinderella in opera form, but he had to make a few changes to make it work. Why? Well, to be frank, his opera company couldn't afford all the special effects it would take to tell the story the way it's written. Showing magic on stage is very expensive. So Rossini had to find clever ways to tell the story of Cinderella without magic without messing up the story's message. And the message was important to Rossini. He gave the opera a subtitle that explains what he thinks the story is about. The opera's full title is La Cenerentola, or Goodness Triumphant. Now, there are a couple of story swap-outs we should talk about real quick before we get into the opera. Uh, Instead of a mean stepmother, Cenerentola has kind of an absent-minded dad named Don Magnifico. Instead of a fairy godmother, she's visited by a man named Alidoro, who is an advisor to the prince. And instead of a ball, there's a dinner party. Instead of glass slippers, there's a bracelet. Okay, other than that stuff and the really cool ending, this is pretty much the Cinderella we know and love. After an absolutely fabulous overture. We're listening to it right now. The curtain rises on Angelina, otherwise known as La Cenerentola, Cinderella. She's cleaning the house, which she does all day long. And what else does she do all day long? She sings to cheer herself up. And she sings one song in particular. The funny thing about this song is that it pretty much tells us exactly what's going to happen in the opera. Una volta c'era un re. Once upon a time, there was a king. And he wanted to get married. He had three ladies to choose from. Two of them were beautiful, and the third one was pure and kind. 
and he picked her. Now, as I said, Angelina Cinderella sings this little ditty all day while she cleans, like every day. So her sisters interrupt her and tell her to cut it out. And she tells them to leave her alone because it makes her a little less sad. So here are her sisters interrupting her. Now, here's a part where she says, Una volta c'era un re, once upon a time there was a king, and her sisters interrupt her and say, O due, o tre, which means, or two, or three. Because she sings it, as I said, all day. Now, the sisters, whose name are Clorinda and Tisbe, they're giving Angelina their usual what for when suddenly there's a knock at the door. Quisera? Quisera? Who is it? Well, they're about to have three knocks at the door. This is one of the first parts where uh, Rossini gives his own version of the story because now we meet the person who serves as the stand-in for the fairy godmother, Alidoro. He is the former teacher and he's an advisor to the local handsome prince, Ramiro. And he's come to meet the young ladies in the house to see if any of them are nice enough to introduce to the prince. Now, Alidoro does this by pretending to be a beggar. Clorinda and Tisbe want to throw him out, but Angelina instead sneaks him bread and coffee. Un tantin di carita, a little cup of charity. Now there's another knock at the door. This time, it's the prince's messengers. And this is one of my favorite parts of the opera. It's madness. The messengers show up all at once. They invite all the young ladies in the land to a dinner party at the prince's palace where he will choose a bride. in Don Magnifico's house are super excited about this. Angelina, of course, wants to go, but Clorinda and Tisbe start bossing her around. Cenerentola, my shoes. Cenerentola, my hair. Do this, do that. And my favorite part of this, finally, a version of Cinderella where she's allowed to complain. While her sisters are bossing her around, Angelina groans about it. Cenerentola, do this. Cenerentola, do that. Oh, sheesh, they're killing me. Finally, knock number three. Oh, yikes, it's Prince Ramiro. But he doesn't say who he is. He meets Angelina, she sings her sad song, and he thinks that she is just the cutest and nicest girl in the whole wide world. Now, of course, he is hoping she'll come to the dinner, but her dad, Don Magnifico, says no, pretends he only has two daughters. This leaves Angelina, our Cenerentola, feeling understandably depressed, but don't worry, Alidoro comes to the rescue. After the break... 
I'm Dan Wanchura, host of Points North. Thriving, healthy communities need a thriving, flourishing natural world. Good stories have the ability to captivate us, point the finger at challenges before us, and say, hey, this is important. Those are the stories we tell on Points North. We want you to be entertained, informed, and surprised by this place you love. Subscribe and listen to Points North wherever you get podcasts on IPR. Welcome back to Classical Sprouts. At the beginning of the show, we asked you the Quizlet question, what kind of shoe was lost in the earliest known version of Cinderella? Here's a hint. The story was set in ancient Greece, and rather than dropping it on the palace stairs, the earliest Cinderella loses her shoe when an eagle flies away with it. What kind of shoe is it? We'll tell you at the end of the show. Now let's continue with La Cenerentola. After everyone else in the family is gone, Alidoro comes back and tells Angelina he's going to send her to the prince's dinner as a reward for being a wonderful person. He brings her a beautiful dress and a carriage and a beautiful bracelet and just sends her off to the party. No magic required other than kindness on his part. Now, all the next stuff that happens is what you would expect. Clorinda and Tisbe go to the dinner, and Ramiro thinks they're cute, but weird. And Angelina hasn't shown up yet. So here's where things get a little confusing, but pretty funny. Alidoro has told the prince that one of Don Magnifico's daughters is totally kind and adorable. So the prince changes places with his servant, Dandino, to test the sisters to see who's nice. Now the prince pretends to be the servant, the servant pretends to be the prince, and he talks to the girls. Then they sneak off to the garden to compare notes so the sisters won't hear them, telling each other to be quiet in this really funny duet called Zito Zito Piano Piano, which is Italian for shh, because they don't want to get busted. Well, in this piece, the prince is like, hey, Dandino, what did you think of those girls? And Dandino says, I think your teacher Alidoro is an idiot because both of them are the worst. They're rude, they're vain, you do not want to marry them. But then, of course, finally, Angelina La Cenerentola shows up to dinner. She's masked, she's unrecognizable, but she is her usual sweet and charming self. And the prince, of course, thinks she's awesome. After dinner, as you would expect, she runs off, just like the original fairy tale. But remember, there is no glass slipper. She's just gone. Nonetheless, Ramiro figures out he should go to Don Magnifico's house. He recognizes Angelina by her bracelet that Alidoro gave her to wear to the dinner party. Thank you, Alidoro. So, whew, 
The prince finds Angelina, and the words to the songs she used to sing all day come true. Remember, una volta c'era un re at the beginning of the opera? Well, that is how the whole thing turns out. Now, here's one more change Rossini made to the Cinderella story, and part of what makes it so wonderful and why it's my favorite. As we mentioned before, Rossini's opera company couldn't afford to use magic in the opera, and Rossini decided the opera isn't about magic anyway. It's about kindness. So the subtitle he gave the opera was Goodness Triumphant, and he does not skimp on the goodness at the end. Now, there are lots of versions of Cinderella, as you well know, but one thing the stories have in common is that terrible, gross things happen to her stepsisters at the end of the story. And I mean everything from chopping off parts of their feet to fit in the glass slipper to getting their eyes pecked out by birds at the wedding. I know, so bad, but relax. Nothing like that happens in Rossini's version. He kept things kind all the way through to the end when Angelina forgives her family and they all make up and live happily ever after. Then she gets to sing an incredibly difficult aria called Non Pio Mesta, and in it she says, Daughter, sister, friend, they are all in me. No longer will I sit by the fire singing sad songs. Now you can see why that's my favorite opera. Are you ready to answer this week's Quizlet question? We asked you what kind of shoe was lost in the earliest known version of Cinderella set in ancient Greece, and the answer is... A sandal! Yes, that is the kind of shoe that the ancient Greeks wore. In the earliest known version of Cinderella, an eagle flies away with a young lady's sandal and he drops it in the pharaoh's lap. Then he's got to find whose shoe it is. And there you go. I hope you enjoyed my favorite opera, La Cerarentola, or Goodness Triumphant by Giochino Rossini. If you'd like to listen to a recording of the whole opera, you can find a playlist at our website, classicalsprouts.org. You got another opera you'd like to listen to together? Send us a request at classicalsprouts at interlochen.org. This episode of Classical Sprouts was produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. I'm Kate Botello. Arrivederci!